From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. This week we're talking about the Do It Knowledge Base. It's true, Do It knows all and sees all. But do you ever wonder how we do it? Joining us in the studio, lead developer of the Do It Knowledge Base, Wei Zhang Wang. Along with our regular geeks, Teresa Saldana and Andy Mushlevsky. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hey, 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 it's Do It Live. It is Thursday, 2-16-2012, in this current century. And you're listening to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet. Check us out online, doit.wisp.edu forward slash radio. You can give us a call right now, 608-265-9786. That's 608-AOK-WSUM. You can email us, of course, since this is a text talk show. We do have email, radio at doit.wisp.edu. And there are a plethora. There is a smorgasbord, a, a literal lot of things on our website uh, <laughs> the way that you can contact us uh, so check us out nice, nice uh, work there well you know I'm just, you know how, where do you go from smorgasbord it's such a good adjective you can't go to something like uh See, you're even having trouble thinking of it yeah. right now. I can see yeah. your eyes. Cornucopia. Like, corn- oh, Ooh. see, that's why Andy's on the show. Andy got it. Cornucopia. So check us out online, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. You'll find a bunch of a bunch of ways to contact it, us there. And a uh, new website is on its way. Um, we're working on making the website so cool, so innovative, so amazingly fresh, and so clean, clean, that when you see it, you're going to have to buy a new computer because it's basically going to be the coolest thing that you will have ever seen on your old computer, and you just you won't you won't be able to top it, basically. That sounds about right. Yeah, so that's coming out pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, with us, as always, as uh, is our wonderful geeks. Uh, first off, Miss Teresa Saldana, how's it going? Going well. Cool, cool, cool. And of course, Mister Andy Muchlevsky. Hey, there you go. Yeah, uh, you got I got. It. Did I finally get the pronunciation that, that, right? That's pretty good. Oh my gosh! And and hey, we have a special guest. In the studio today, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Our 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 former our former uh, head of staff here, Mr. Adam, <laughs> Mr. Adam Wiesenfarth, former former Do It Geek. What's up, everybody? I mean, no one is really a former Do It Geek. They're always a Do It Geek. That's right. Once a geek, always a geek. That's exactly oh, yeah. correct. Yeah. And so today we're uh, uh, we're talking about the Do It Knowledge Base. It's going to be a great show today. Um, you, ever, you know, you, you might call up the do-it help desk, you might go into the repair department, and you say to yourself, wow, these people, they are smart, they uh, they look nice, you know, they right, have a, thank you. a wonderful um, cologne <laughs> that they're wearing that day, things are going great, you know, how do they do it? How do they get up in the morning and and shelve all of this knowledge into their brain? Well, I got a secret for you. We don't. It's actually something called the do-it knowledge base that is put together by our special guest uh, with us today, Mr. Wei Zhang. How's it going? Pretty good, thanks. All right. And also with us today, of course, is our wonderfully talented and amazing producer, Sandy Cyberlick, because she also works with the Do It KB, al- along with all of the other many amazing things that she does, all the amazing talents that she has. Isn't that right? And tap dancer. And I was going to say, and she's a <laughs> expert league tap dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Expert, that's right. If you've ever watched ESPN 7, uh, she, <laughs> she was on there. She was on there in the, in the tap dance world championships back in, um, what was it, uh, 1998? Oh, okay, I'll accept that. Right. <laughs> I thought you were going to go earlier, but that's No, good. no, no. Nin- I mean, you know, you're not really at the top of your game until you've had at least, uh, you know, what, two, three years tap dancing? I would like agree that. with that. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, before we get into talking about the knowledge base and all the ways that, you know, it, it connects to your brain somehow. Oh, wait, we should give a real quick shout out, too. Um, we have the youngest uh, do-it geek uh, ever Future uh, Do It Geek, Future yes. Do it geek yes. in the studio today. Uh, Mr. Training. Adam Wiesenfarth had a, had, a, had a wonderful baby, and the baby is with us right now. And the baby's wearing a bib that says, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. but yeah. uh, Well, if you look underneath the surprise is the band that's on her shirt, which oh. is ACDC. But wearing some ACDC. But yes. No, Emma's here, and happy to be on the radio with all you guys. Yeah. No drooling on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> please, no drooling. Please. That's why the bib's there. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we should start off the show the way we always start off the show with the latest and greatest in tech news. So here we go. It's Teresa Saldana with the news, the latest in tech from the voice of a generation, Teresa Saldana. Whoa. I don't know if I can handle that title. You are the voice of a generation. Either you or Kanye West, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be. Okay. Somebody has to be the voice. Okay. So the exciting news this morning, Geeks and Geekettes, is the latest Mac operating system. If you've not heard about it, Mountain Lion 10.8. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Mountain Lion? Mountain Lion. Really? How did you think they weren't going to run out before they hit 10.9? Mountain Lion. Mountain Lion. I mean, they they couldn't do, like, House Cat. They couldn't do, like, Cat. That would have that would have fit in better laser with their cats. demographic, I think. Laser cats. Yeah, laser cats would have been great. <laughs> that been awesome. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there was the announcement this morning uh, that it's been um, the first developer preview came out, and they're anticipating a release to the public this summer. That's fast. Wow. It That's is fast really because fast. as you can you know as we all remember, Line just came out last last summer. Yeah, that, it's, it hasn't. It really hasn't been all that long. Yeah, since a lot of people haven't even upgraded to Lion. No, they haven't. Well, Lion came out with that new way of upgrading, where you had to upgrade through the through the App Store. Yes. Which I thought was. Or you had to buy a super expensive flash drive. Kind of weird. Super. I mean. Yeah, that is super expensive. It. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like I like the price. I I really do enjoy the pricing model of like Apple's upgrades for their OS, where it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty bucks, forty bucks ish, mm-hmm. something like that. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, that's great. I, I wish more companies would do that, but you know, not having a physical disc, I can see how that would save your, you know, your bottom line, your profit margin, and not mm-hmm. having to make packaging and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But I don't know, something about that just feels weird to me. Like I, I, I'd be okay with it if there was like a if it. If it was like a, a program that lets you like make a disc, you know. But I mean, like, what do you do if you want to like? You can make an image of it, though. You can. Pretty sure you can. Is that, so is you it, can load it on other computers. But I mean, is it one of those like? Is it something that's built in, easy to the installer, or is it something you got to kind of be a power user to do? Because I haven't done this yet. I'll be. You I'll have be to do it honest. in disk utility. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's 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 a real easy process in comparison mm. to running, you know, doing doing other sure. applications. And, in and the see, Mac that's OS. what I'm missing about it. I really want to have an easy way to make, mm-hmm. like, just a, a disk. But the idea is that with the newer Macs, this doesn't apply to the older ones, so you're still caught in that situation. But mm-hmm. with the newer Macs, if you, let's say, you know, your hard drive fails and you have to get a new one. Well, when you plug it into the network, Apple's servers find your computer Beep, and then it automatically just starts downloading Lion. We will find your you or will find your now computer. It we have found the computer. We have control. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Our do it geek. Our, our, our littlest do it geek wants to chime in. Apparently, <laughs> she doesn't oh. like the fact that you have to download your That's operating she wants system. Physical media. That's yeah, she, she wants physical wow. media. <laughs> and Dad's right in with the bottle. Like, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Listen yeah. up, Apple. The new generation wants physical media. So. The yeah. very new generation wants physical. So media. that's what's supposed to happen, and that's what. Um, I would assume Mountain Lion would do as well. Um, mm-hmm. And as more users um, get newer Macs, this will be less of an issue. So well, you, one of the big things with this uh, with Mountain Lion is that they're integrating some iOS type features. Well, right? well they did that in Lion. They did they did they did start integrating some things. But now there's going to be even more uh, messages. Um, is what? It in, now messages is a program that you will be able to download if you have um, Lion actually to test it out. Um, but it allows you to send messages to other iOS devices. So technically, Whoa. you can text message from your computer to somebody's phone. L- I actually I actually have a friend who downloaded a developer copy and he sent me a message LOL to what? my phone. LOL what? <laughs> you can call, call your kids to do OMG. It's iPhone. really cool. Uh, <laughs> and they're going to have other things like um, Reminders is going to move over. Um, Siri won't though. Siri's not coming to 10.8. What? What? That's terrible. I don't think How they're ready for it yet. Line? Oh snap! That's terrible. Yeah, how yeah. could there be a mountain line? You know, like, Siri, defend me from this mountain line. Would you like to upgrade your system? Yeah. That's why they haven't gone to LaserCat. <laughs> That's where it's going to happen. Yep. Um, but Game, game Center is moving over, so you can play any of your games on any of our iOS devices. Mm-hmm. Um, there's supposed to be Twitter integration. Oh, goody. <laughs> we need more twitting. You know, yeah, we do. Right I'm, now. 
I'm sorry. I'm probably like the 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 ten percent of tech guys, but you know, like I just I still haven't been able to like figure out Twitter or like get into it. I mean, I'm trying. I really am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a little home business to promote. I mean, like, but I just can't do it. Yeah, and she can't either. The baby does not like. No, Twitter. she doesn't no. like it either. No. <laughs> anyway. So but, it, no, I don't get it either. I don't. I don't understand maybe we're the appeal. I've we tried old? reading I, I tweets, so. yeah, I don't and I just Twitter. can't get into Wei it. Zhang, are you into the? Are you into the Twitter? Not so much. I, I find it quite limiting. Oh, okay. So if you have a reason that you use Twitter that you can convince us, give us a call. Yes, please, do. please call us if you use Twitter and you find it useful and engaging. And maybe you can teach us how to do it. Yeah. Yes. Convert can you us. teach oh. us? <laughs> <laughs> teach number, us how to make this Twitter thing that work. That number, of course, is 608-AOK-WSUM, or you can email us, radio at WSUM. We just became the do-it-old-geek show. Hey, I we remember really did. my Amiga computer. Way back when. We're just not getting it. Hey, I, I got know. a, I got a little. Uh, are you, are you done with that, or is there more? Features? Oh no, no. It's just keep an eye out for Mountain Lion and the the developments with it. And if you want to get a developer's copy, if you you have those resources, do so. This is this is the time to test it out and try it and see what you think. Mm. Okay, well, so I've, go ahead. I've got a pretty cool. I've got a pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm kind of this is this is awesome. This is, I, I'm Uh-oh. I'm excited about this news story. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how many of you people out there have seen Anna Music. If you've seen Anna Music. Uh, I love Animusic. Raise your hands on the radio. Animusic. It's the. <laughs> it's a, a. How do you spell that? A N I music. So like animation. It's yeah. animated oh. music, but it's like instruments that you've never seen. So before. I'm going to play a little bit of it, just kind of in the background here while we talk about it. Huh. Um, it's uh, it, for those of you who've seen it, it's it's kind of like the. Um, oh yeah. It, it's kind of like the, uh, the, the 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 one that's famous is like a, the ball machine where the. Um, uh, the the um like there's balls flying at um an instrument and it's, okay. it's hitting it like to the right. beat so, and that kind of so stuff. this is like oh, okay. a 3d rendered thing that you, you you're looking at it and all right let me look at tie screen hold it, on. I gotta see it's, play it's, themselves it's kind of a, a a rube goldberg kind of crazy mechanism that that plays music well the cool right. thing is about this is that intel actually built a real one yeah the actual oh. anime music is all cgi but Intel wow. decided to show off some of the processing power of their new processors um, by actually building this for real in like real life, and it's the coolest thing. And, and their mobile processors that they used, Atom processors. Yeah, just really, oh. really 120 neat. unique notes, 250 industrial input outputs. Um, this thing is all you know roboticized, that kind of thing. Um, if you want to check it out on YouTube, the uh, the title of it is the robotic mission, uh, the robotic musicians known as. And that'll you should be able to find it or Intel's Industrial Control in Concert, one of the two. So um, check that out. It is super duper cool. I'm, I can't express how like blown away I am by this. By this, it, it's just I never thought I'd see it in real life. Basically, that oh. is really crazy watching. Yeah, that I mean, video. I thought the 3D rendered one was cool when I saw yeah. it the first time. Yeah, 3D one, rendered one is amazing. So, so anyway. check that out. How, wait, how do you, where do you find it? Well, I just went to Reddit, uh, Reddit Tech. So you mm-hmm. go to reddit.com, R-E-D-D-I-T.com. Click on the technology link, and it's the third link. It says, remember that amazing instrument video done in CGI? Yeah, well, Intel actually built it. But you said it's called Animusic. Is there a website? Oh, yeah, that? you can check out Animusic. The The original stuff is just, uh, I think, just animusic.com. Oh, or if you okay. type Animusic into the YouTubes, okay. you're all good. Cool. And those are Very those cool. are definitely worth checking out. Those are amazing. So... Andy, I, you had some you yeah. had some news, didn't you? You got something yeah, so, going on. So, in, you know, in the, we've talked on previous shows about the SOPA and PIPA, and there's ACTA no. out now, and, and, and the potential that what these things could do to the Internet. Well, um, today oh, there's no. a... We're all doomed. Doomed, I tell you. Um, today, um, the U.S. government shut down a website called jotform.com, which is a WYSIWYG uh, website for forms, basically, and they have about five hundred thousand registered users. Just for for everyone out there, what is it, what 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 could you define a WYSIWYG? Or uh, how about we ask Wei Zhang? Yeah. Oh we, yeah, Wei Zhang. I think Zhong. he's actually created I, I one of those. WYSIWYG stands for what you see is what you get. Um, essentially, it's a web form that allows you to author web content without having to know uh, HTML tags or um, formatting. Um, Tags. Oh, okay. Right. So it's just a, a, a easy u- user f- 
interface to create an online form. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, we're not sure exactly why, but the company is saying that one of their users may have posted in one of their for online forms some copyrighted material. So in this case, it's something that um, the website itself really can't monitor, and now they have another, you know, so one user out of so the whole website was shut down just because one user out of bajillions of users out there posted something that might have been questionable. Right. So See, people, this is what you're gonna get if you decide to go through so with the SOPA and the PIPA and the ACTA. And but so did I mean, they part even, of that is were is they even told who did it? They were just told somebody did it. So it's right. like a needle so, in I mean, a it's, haystack. It's an ongoing investigation, oh so we can't really really speculate on on what that was. Sure. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, Ty, I imagine mean, that if you had a website with half a million users, one of them posts copyrighted content, I, and you're not told who. I would be mad. That's right. the concern with these bills. And the, and the other big, big moral of the story here is those those bills haven't been passed. They're not laws yet. The government already has some of these abilities. So do we really need these extra legislations? And what's the real big purpose of that? Mm -hmm. Right. So that, right. That's the question that I would pose with this story. But um, so just. Uh, just another don't don't put copyrighted material up. It's it's bad for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everybody loses kids. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> we need that in the sound effects bin, the more you know. Yeah, we could use that. So any so Teresa, Andy, anything else you want to talk about today? In the news? In the news. I heard there's rumors of a new iPad coming out. Yeah, oh. no, that's true. Um, we were talking about that the other day. That, Adam, weren't um, you saying something about the iPad something or other? Yeah, supposedly they're going to be building 4G wireless into the new iPad 3s, I, I heard. Just 4G wireless? Yep, so like the the um, all the new 4G networks that are out there with T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon, mm -hmm. the higher speed wireless networks, so when you're using your mobile device, mm -hmm. i.e. your wireless phone, mm -hmm. anywhere it gives you a lot faster access. And the iPads and iPods and iPhones haven't used this technology yet. Um, they've been stuck in 3G land, so mm -hmm. this may be the first 4G Apple device to come out. Oh, wow. Wow. But, you know, I, I will say, I mean, for the most part, isn't, isn't 4G, 3G, there's no real, like, ba you know, there's no real... Um, benchmarks to back up what is 4g and what is 3g or do i have that wrong because that's what i've heard i've heard it's just kind of a little like kind of like a, it's faster but 4g doesn't necessarily mean a speed it means like a a type of speeds or a number of speeds that you could get yeah it's a technology more than anything and okay. there is a consortium that says x thing is 4g or 3g mm -hmm. um, i remember reading an article a while ago about how what everybody was marketing as 4g wasn't really accepted as that mm -hmm. but it's just it's the newest generation of transmission reception equipment that goes along with your your wireless phone and mm. devices and it's supposed to be quite a bit faster mm -hmm. so uh I suppose an iPad would be a great vehicle for that because you want to get apps and you want to get videos Movies, yeah. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's big. And I, I thought I read an article somewhere that a number of consumers believed that when they bought the iPhone 4, they had 4G because there was the iPhone 3G. So they assumed when it said 4 and 4G technology 4G. was out that they got 4G technology. But that's obviously that's not the case. So none of the Apple products are quite there yet. But perhaps the iPad 3. So what did we hear? Um, a media event potentially on March 7th? Is that, was that the rumor? I, I, th I think so. That's my birthday. So if anybody wants to go out and splurge on the iPad 3. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, I mean, it would be, <laughs> it, would, it would certainly be an announcement. <laughs> it would certainly be an announcement for one. But he could pretend they, like uh, he's splurging. He could take some money out of his bank account and put it into like savings and be like, I bought the iPad. Ha ha ha. Happy birthday. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah. Do. You yeah. could just, you just go to the Apple store, give them your $400 and say, just save this for later. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, just, yeah. You just, just put, it on, the and put it on the, the table with a wink. Thanks. Yeah, right in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just put it on the table with a wink like, this is for later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that may elicit some other responses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, it, um, it's supposed to be quad core, right? I think that's one of the... Things, yeah, processor. and you know, it might be slightly slimmer, and it might be. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that this iPad's really going to be a big update uh, because, you know, the obviously we came with the first one. Second one was a huge change, but 
you know, it's, I, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's, it's every other device with Apple that they do a huge hardware change. Mm-hmm. You know, after the iPhone 4 came out, everyone's like, iPhone 5, iPhone 5. No, we get the iPhone 4S and everyone goes, oh, wow, what a disappointment. No, that, that's just how these things work. I'm not, They're I'm not, not disappointed in my fo- in my 4s. I like it. But, but what did you have before that? I had a flip phone. See, <laughs> you had a phone from like ten years ago. But, but you can get Siri with an S. Yep. Right. That's true. But where I was upset is I had a four and I had Siri and Apple took Siri away from me. Siri went away. <laughs> it actually there was a message on there that says I'm going back. It said something like I'm going back to the mothership on this date, which was the date that the iPhone 4S came out. And oh. when it did, I would pull up Siri and it would just spit out an error message. I wish to register a complete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I had Siri and Siri and broke up with me. She left me. She's gone. <laughs> Well, I think uh, I've got time for one more, possibly one or two more news stories here. This is this is interesting, um, and you know who knows if this is actually going to go through. But um, Anonymous has announced uh, Operation Global Blackout uh, to protest uh, SOPA, Wall Street, you know, irresponsible leaders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is what they say in the statement here. Uh, what they're trying to do, and I don't even know the logistics of this or how even how possible this is they're trying to shut the internet down by attacking the 13 root dns servers mm-hmm. of the internet and uh, now basically what that means is dns is a domain name system server and so you know if you ever wonder out there like how does you know your computer know what server to connect to when you type in um you know, do it, li- you know, do it that with study do forward slash radio. How does your computer know that? What it does is it talks to one of these domain name uh, servers and they say, hey, what uh, what server number is do it that with study do forward slash radio? And it'll send back a bunch of numbers and that's how it connects to the actual server to see the information. Otherwise, you'd have to type in something for every website like 172.83.24.4. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you'd get to CNN instead of just typing cnn.com. So there are 13 root DNS servers from of the internet that supply all of the ISPs with their main like DNSing, you know, uh, uh, capabilities and that kind of stuff. And so they're to protest this and to kind of bring um, you know, uh, to bring some sort of awareness to it. They're trying to take down these 13 root DNS servers just for like a day or so. So so that would mean we can't. That'd be go no no internet. That that would mean if you don't know that fancy IP address, you're not getting to any websites. Right. So you better start writing down those IP addresses, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> get your cheat and sheets out now. So yeah, exactly. So get get a big piece of paper and. Mm-hmm. But you know, I wonder like cans of spam. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta imagine these servers are probably pretty ro- robust. Pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get pinged like a bajillion times every second. I mm-hmm. mean. Just the, you know, just to take them down, the improbability of that is just kind of like staggering. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure it could be done, mm-hmm. but man, you'd need a lot of people. But, and, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of these attacks that Anonymous has done before have been uh, denial of service attacks where mm-hmm. they're just hitting that server so much. And in this case, these servers are uh, on the, you know, they're the major backbone of the Internet. So mm-hmm. nothing gets much faster than that on the Internet. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty pretty impressive if they can actually do it um i guess we i guess we will see what happens mm-hmm. uh well guys i think it's about time we take a quick uh break a quick uh public service announcement here and uh we will be back very shortly with more do it live while we're on the break check out our website do it.wist.edu forward slash radio or send us an email radio at do it.wist.edu or give us a call tell us how we're doing 608-AOK-WSUM that's 608 265 Eight, six. And when we come back, we will talk about the knowledge base and uh, all sorts of fun extra stuff about that. So <laughs> we'll be back with more Do It Live right after this. Japan. Wherever you go, wherever you 
And now, the Do It Live three disclaimers with our guest geek of the week, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Number one, the opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Number two, products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, aka Do It, and other university departments as well as drawings and giveaways may be only available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. Ah. Number three, participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations to it, like recommending you to get to the chopper. However, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. Now get to the chopper! Hello, I'm John Lithgow. Manatees are unique among the most amazing animals on Earth. But they're in danger. We pose the greatest threat to their survival. Many manatees are killed or injured by boats or other recreational activities. I'm a writer of children's books, including one about manatees, and I believe education is the key. You can be part of the solution. Please contact Save the Manatee Club right now. Call 1-800-432-JOIN. Thank you. And we're back with more Do It Live. Coming at you live from WSUM, 91.7 FM, Madison, Wisconsin, the snake on the lake. Woo! And uh, we are here to talk tech this afternoon. Give us a call, 608-AOK-WSUM, that's 608-265-9786, or email us, radio at doit.wist.edu. Uh, sorry, yeah, radio at doit.wist.edu and our website address, one of the other one I was thinking of, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. See, it's, 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 it's backwards and forwards on that one, and I always get that one kind of messed up in my head. But radio at doit.wist.edu is the email, and doit.wist.edu forward slash radio is the website address. So check us out online there. And uh, today we've got some wonderful special guests in the studio with us today uh, talking about the doit knowledge base. You ever wonder, you, you, I know you, you say to yourselves, Gee, that Thai guy sounds like a pretty interesting fellow. Probably knows quite a bit about computers. Probably, you know, if I called him up right now, probably fix my all my problems on on the on the on the you know on the air live, completely live. How does he do it? Well, I got two words for you. Do it, KB. I don't know if KB <laughs> is technically a word. That's not technically a word. It's, it's all base. it's all technically like acronyms anyway. So I mean, is an acronym a word? Uh, call us, 608-265-9786 is an acronym of word, is our question of the day. And with us here today, we've got uh, Wei Zhang Wang, who's the lead developer and amazing guru. He says he says he doesn't exactly have a specific title, so we're just going to call him Knowledge Base Emperor today. Oh, that's good. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Or the omnipotent overlord. I can't uh, so, stand that kind of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh great Wei Zhang, can you, play, can you tell us uh, tell us a little bit about the knowledge base and, and what it's all about? All right. Um, I don't really know where to start um, other than to say that uh, the knowledge base has been around for over 10 years. Uh, in fact, when it started, we had about two dozen static pages and today we are a knowledge base of over 22,000 documents. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, so, uh, and it's obviously it took a while to uh, get up to this point. We get lots of uh, page views. In fact, we get well over 10 million unique page views uh, each year. Mm. Um, uh, it really started out very, very small. And and um, well, in ten years we've grown nine hundred and sixteen point six seven percent. Wow! Did you do that in your head? I did not. You just (laughs) made that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually didn't. I I was calculating it out here. But anyway, it's really started (laughs) out as a resource for uh, the help desk staff, uh, really helping these people who are helping others in a sense. So it's kind of a thing where you know someone calls up uh, the help desk, says, "Hey, I'm I'm using." 
you know, Eudora 1.6, and I want to get my email over to Thunderbird 3.75, you can just type that into the knowledge base, and uh, and stuff will pop up and kind of give you like a little walkthrough on how to do it. And so um, now, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, Wei Zhang, you don't you don't make every single one of those knowledge base documents yourself. Otherwise, you could probably be the I, smartest man in this room. I would lose sleep and die within two days. <laughs> <laughs> So who's 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 in who's in charge of making these knowledge base documents? Uh, one of the uh, good things about the knowledge base is that it's really distributed. Uh, we try to um, put the tool in the hands of the people who are actually knowledgeable about the services and products they uh, they provide. So uh, the the help desk folks or the people who actually own the sites don't necessarily have to author the content. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cool. So, so uh, right now, f uh, for example, we have uh, over a hundred groups on campus that are part of this knowledge base effort. Wow! And each group uh, or departments, individual departments, have their own um, authors mm -hmm. uh, that would um, they also uh, they would create uh, and maintain and publish the content. And a lot of this content is sort of uh, uh, collaborative between groups. So, if, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. So, if, 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 like, say, the geology department has a knowledge base and the astronomy department has a knowledge base and they want to share things with each other, they can, like, set things up to, to do that? That's absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, in fact, that's one of the key uh, selling points, so to speak. Um, um, on this campus, at the very least, um, it's really to eliminate duplication. As an example, uh, you have uh, uh, different departments out there supporting their local uh, computer users. Mm -hmm. uh, when Windows 7 came out, for example, um, different departments in the past would uh, create their own documents that tailor to their particular segments of audience. Sure. And with this knowledge base too, um, really when you think about about it, uh, the campus uh, use the campus community use and share uh, a common set of you know computer applications, or they share uh, common sets of procedures or policies. Sometimes mm -hmm. uh, with this tool, you all uh, one group can create a portion of that content, and another group can create another portion, and they can all intershare. So, like one group, uh, say the help desk could could make the knowledge base article about say i don't know clearing your browser cache or something and then the other uh, another set could you know talk about maybe like changing the browser over to work with a certain program that only that department works with that, that kind of an idea yep that way they each do have to work aha uh -huh. mm -hmm. very interesting yeah and mm -hmm. i know there's now not every department on campus is using the knowledge base or and not every it department on campus is doing that right that's correct. Like I said, like I said, uh, we have over a hundred so far, and uh, there's definitely for the way we s we see it, uh, have lots of room to grow. Mm -hmm. And uh, each week we um, receive requests from different ent entities on campus uh, wanting to be part of the knowledge base. Okay, so um, tell tell me a little bit more about like how how the knowledge base grew and what kind of uh, what, you know the history behind it. I mean, what you know? How did it go from maybe just uh, the help desk knowledge base to, to being this this entity that anyone can use? Okay, primarily, it's really uh, it, it it's it grew because of its functionality. Uh, it's very easy to use. Uh, uh, it's based on natural language search. Um, it's also easy for uh, content owners to maintain. It's uh, we talked about WYSIWYG earlier on. It's really uh, easy to create web content and publish it. And of course, we also have a uh, document flow workflow, mm -hmm. um, and to to ensure quality, uh, you have uh, content creators. You also have content approvers and reviewers. And uh, because of its collaborative tool, uh, all the authors and content owners they can collaborate. They can comment on each other's work. Mm -hmm. um, so which. You know uh, that sentence was really terrible. No, yes. it's not. You're a jerk. That kind of back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that our group, uh, Repair and Desktop Support, has certainly created um, documents in the knowledge base to be able to share with the help desk, for example. So we'll create a doc and we'll say, "Hey, so we think you might be able to use," um, and it's a great way to um, disseminate information to a vast number of people. 
Yeah, that's that's precisely right. In fact, uh, like I said, the first web website, knowledge-based website, uh, was about the help desk, and then the network operations center saw the benefit of it and came around to me. They said, "We want a website just like that. Can mm. you make it happen?" And uh, we obviously uh, looked at the uh, feature sets and the requests, and uh, really, uh, their needs are very similar to ours. Yeah. Um, and uh, I added the functionality of cloning uh, different sites uh, within the knowledge base or different spaces, so to speak, um, without having to reinvent in the wheel. In the meantime, uh, because it shares an underlying um, application, uh, it, it is very easy to uh, share um, part portion of your knowledge base content with mm -hmm. another group. What we're seeing also now is an expansion into the whole area of um, storing policy information within the knowledge base. There are several departments on campus that, since you have the option of having your knowledge kept internal to you behind a login or publishing it out to the mm -hmm. public or both, um, they are now starting to put their policy information. So it's gone beyond being an IT support mechanism and into something bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and the policies and procedures can be a, a big thing, as you see uh, on campus. A lot of people retiring and knowledge being drained away, basically. Someone does a job for 10 years, and then it's it's a good repository for knowledge um, sure. mm -hmm. that, that new employees can use. And uh, yeah, That's exactly right. In fact, uh, when we started the knowledge base at the help desk, one of the reasons we want a central repository of all the information as a resource for our agents is because uh, if you... Uh, uh, haven't heard the, the help desk is really meant by students obviously the the uh, turnover rate is fairly high they come and go and um, when they go well, hopefully they go right? <laughs> <laughs> eventually. Uh, eventually one of the uh, goals of the knowledge base is to <laughs> retain and cap to, is to capture uh, the the experience and the skills and expertise mm -hmm. and, and retain that well and the other thing is, is you know in information technology it's such a broad spectrum of things that 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 are out there no no one can know everything that's out there mm -hmm. well even if you look at like the visitor and information programs mm -hmm. website that is something that's using the knowledge base to to generate the information that people are searching for so not only is it a great tool for retaining knowledge, but you can also kind of make a easy, searchable website full of a bunch of really great information out of the knowledge base That's tool right. as well. It's getting back to Sandy's point of the internal versus external. Uh, uh, every, every single knowledge base space can have the option to publish content to the world. Um, anybody on the street uh, or from anywhere in the world can get to the content. You also have the ability to restrict portion of your content to your internal staff only. Mm -hmm. Even within the internal staff, you could define functional groups and specify what group has, has access or should have access to uh, which part of the content. Mm -hmm. I believe the, the public site for the knowledge base in general, it's just kb.wisc.edu, and you can go there, and if you do a search, it'll even show you, um, you know, your top 10 hits came from the help desk, and then the right. next two came from um, medical science, and then the other two came from another site. So you can actually see um, how different groups are addressing a particular topic. And one nice thing that um, the knowledge base offers is the ability to give feedback on every document. And so if you're using the knowledge base and you have some suggestions for, you know, I'm not finding this and I'd rather that you say something, please give us feedback. The other thing is, is that there's actually an advisory group that meets that's made up of all the partners in the knowledge base, and they are the ones that put forth all of the enhancements, and, and uh, they have feature requests that are are voted on by the group. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really cool thing. I don't know of any other software product or anything where the users can say, hey, we, we, we could really use this functionality, mm -hmm. and... Uh, you you meet and talk about it and and it's and it's there in a few weeks and you can use it which is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Again, this is uh, really the knowledge base is uh, driven by the user community. Uh, we are here to build a software package and build a repository of useful information for all of the users. So yeah, <laughs> and you got you got you got to listen to the users, otherwise it's not useful. Yeah. And just to kind of pat Wei Zhang on the back a little bit more here for our KB Overlord, it's fast. 
it's it's very fast. I mean, especially mm-hmm. with all the searching and, and stuff like that that happens on a daily basis. Uh, it's uh, of all of a lot of this, you know, KBs that I've used and have run into. I mean, Microsoft has their own KB, and you know, I mean, theoretically, you could even say that you know, Google is technically a, a KB product, and in a sense, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to go that broad, but it's very fast. It's a very fast and mm-hmm. efficient product. So, yeah. thumbs up, and um, everyone is is saying yay for for Weizhong. <laughs> and I will say the KB is great for when you're working on I don't know some kind of project and it's two in the morning and you need an answer and the answer. party's still jumping because your mom ain't home what <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> Teresa I don't has no really idea how to respond to <laughs> um but that's it's great because the help desk is closed after 1am yeah that's true um, so when you you want to be able to call somebody up but you can't um that it's the knowledge base is great because it's always up um, and you can you can dig through um, KB docs and find what you need. And I will tell you, the help desk has documented some of the strangest little bugs in Quirks. That they they have <laughs> great, you know, this is just this this vast amount of solutions. So you think, oh, man, this this problem is so weird. You know, why There's can't no way. I, the, There's why no can't way have it. you know why can't why does PowerPoint keep crashing? And they'll go in and say, okay, you you go into this uh, pane and you uncheck this box, and all of a sudden it'll start working. And it's I want awesome. I also want to speak to the uh, uh, way Zhang was talking about public facing uh, sites. A lot of our KB, a lot of the help desk KB at least, is uh, Google indexable, Google searchable, that kind of thing, um, which leads to some interesting phone calls at the help desk and er, and feedback every so often um, from people that are not affiliated with the university. I remember distinctly one time when I was a student receiving a phone call um, of a guy who I, we couldn't pull up, couldn't pull up his name. He wasn't a wasn't affiliated. Uh, and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I need some help with my uh, with my subway club card, <laughs> you know. And we're like, w- what? You know, yeah, um, I'm trying to redeem my online subway points, and it's not working. And we're just trying to explain to him, like, you know, like, look, sir, this is, you know, we're we're a university. We don't have anything to do with subway. I don't know where, you know, how did you get our number? Well, it's on the website. What what website? You know, so we asked him what website. He gave he gave me the website. I typed it all in. Well, subway apparently. Uh, had as as part of their troubleshooting steps for if your subway cl- card point entry is not working, they said to clear your cache and cookies, and the and they linked to a a like an easy article on clearing your cache and cookies on the web that that apparently they had found on the web. Well, guess where that was? That was the do it knowledge base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so if you click if you go to subway, you're having trouble. You say you click these instructions. You know, right on that knowledge base, there's a very clear large you know like having trouble call here for you know that's supposed to be for students or staff using the knowledge base well this guy thought it was for it was for subway very mm. interesting so yeah. uh, along with these lines uh you know you obviously it's because it's public facing you have private businesses trying to consume our content exactly uh but uh, more importantly actually other higher education institutions are using our knowledge base for their own help desk operations because they didn't have the kind of the non, uh, resources to build a knowledge base. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the uh, universities that do have resources actually have chosen to partnership with us. Oh, um, that's got to feel good. Yeah, Sandy can talk <laughs> about what, yes. what schools we are in partnership with. Um, we actually, the first was University of Chicago, and they actually provide a backup facility for us as well. Um, they have been involved for a couple of years now, uh, yeah, quite yeah. some time. Yeah, yeah. And um, we recently signed with Berkeley and UW-Green Bay, and we've got several institutions that are in the process of looking at the knowledge base or evaluating it. Yeah, the word I hear is that it's not because they don't have the resources, because your software is so good. I've heard that too. <laughs> and, and it's just the best. Nobody wants to build their own knowledge base because they see this, you know, shining, you know, glimmering beacon on the hill of a knowledge base. And well, you notice when you speak to them um, in a meeting that they'll say something like, so, uh, who did you buy this from? <laughs> and how long have you been running it? And when they get the, the history, then they are genuinely impressed by mm-hmm. the efforts that have gone into this. And, and like I said before, it is a, it, it, it does some amazing things that you just don't see in other software products. It, it also uh, is very easy to use for content creation and, and for viewing the content from both uh, user standpoints. So I, I, just a great, 
great thing. Mm-hmm. That, and it, and so it's, I hope and you're it's not free planning. for UW yeah. departments. He's blushing. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm not blushing. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say. I hope you're not, I hope uh, you're not planning on retiring anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, Do we have all your knowledge backed up on the knowledge base? <laughs> That's an excellent question. I, I was just going to say uh, it is free uh, for uh UW-Madison departments, and uh, if you're interested in become uh, becoming part of the knowledge-based effort, uh, we'd love to uh, talk to you. And is there a good uh, contact information, you know, for, for departments that are interested in this to get a hold of you with? Yeah, if you go to kb.wic.edu, you'll find the contact information right on the uh, front page on the right-hand side. Okay. So you heard it here. If you want to get your own KB and you are a university department and you say, ah, I've had it up to here with these SharePoint documents and these shared Word files and all that sort of stuff, hey, contact the Do It Help Desk because it's free. How can you say no to free? And just like we said, it is one of the best best knowledge base uh, products around. You're not going to find anything better for free. I mean, come on. Absolutely not. So uh, contact us. Uh, give us a call and let us uh, figure out what we can do for you and uh looks like our hour is just about up here but before we go we got a bunch of people to thank uh special thanks go out to our management team at the division of information technology perry brunelli ryan hansen edward hoover brian kishner ty leto neil mack mark nessel brian rust and bill zimmerman the director of user services is kathy o'brien do its chief operating officer is john krogman and our cio and vice provost for information technology is bruce moss Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGrew. Join us next week where we will talk tech again for another hour, and we'll see you then. 